You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Booth Review. Welcome into another episode of Booth Review. I'm Ken Swanson. I'm here with my guy Brandon McAnderson, BMAC. I am like, I, I'm hyped up for this game. I'm hyped up for this week, obviously. Uh, you know, not having a, a week at Kansas football was really rough on me. I don't know if it was for you. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it a whole Bakito. I am uh I am excited, but I'm excited all the time. So this is just another opportunity. To uh to just indulge in something I love and watch uh, watch these Jayhawks get after. Yeah, be like you're not short on energy like ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. I mean, homecoming obviously too for uh for Kansas. Uh, you know any any of your friends from from your era coming back? You know anybody coming back for homecoming yet? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had a full check in. We got a golf event Friday morning. Um, if you know, it might be uh we might be playing on boats. Uh, as much rain as we're getting, uh, but uh, I don't actually don't anticipate playing at all. <laughs> it's rained so much, but uh, we'll find out there. There's a social after that. There's a block party downtown. Daryl Stuckey's gonna be kicking it live. If you heard his bars, you heard his raps on the on the uh, jumbotron over the years. Remember what he was saying? The name that was Daryl. That's Daryl mm-hmm. the rapper. He's going to be returning for the pep for the pep rally at the block party. I may be making a cameo, so you better be there if you're. Uh-oh. Uh oh, uh oh. Where are you guys? Where are you guys supposed to go golf? I think we golfed the Jayhawk Club last year. Uh, last year we got the go- uh, golf with the musical act. Uh, I'm forgetting his names. Good, 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 good. He was a uh, so baseball player in high school and college. He's a good athlete. He's a really good golfer. Oh wow, that's crazy, man. Well, uh, yeah, obviously this is a this is a big week for Kansas football. Uh, you know, and I I hope you know I. It, I know some people are going to feel like there's a lack of momentum after a tough loss on the road against Oklahoma State, who, by the way, looks pretty good uh, if you've been watching lately. But I hope you all can get out to the booth and support this football team because it's going to be a special, special day in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, so obviously college football Saturday for uh, for Fox is going to be there. Like this is, you know, like... Hey, look, I know like I know there's a lot of sizzle last year, but like there's some sizzle around this program again too. Like the buzz is palpable. National media is coming to watch KU Oklahoma this week, B Matt. Man, how cool is that? You know, mm-hmm. like you get to just be in front of a, a national audience. Your your university gets to be put on, you know, on this beautiful football stage. You are the center of the college football universe for a weekend. That's just really cool. And then especially for students, you know, you think about on consecutive freshman classes, they will have such a unique experience, you know, like getting the chance to wake up early in the morning, tailgate, drink some coffee with something in it, most likely for our young students. And, you know, just go up on the field and have a blast and represent your school. And like I said, just have your place be the center of the football world. That is a long, we have come a very long way in a short period of time here at the University of Kansas. Be grateful. Be very grateful. Back-to-back years on the national stage, and obviously this is a massive game, and, and we're really excited to get into it. We're going to be getting it here, into it here quite quickly. Uh, but before we do any of that, I uh, want to remind everybody, hey, look, you can get your home field apparel 
Uh, you get all kinds of incredible KU gear. I'm rocking some KU gear right now. I've got a I got a KU sweatshirt on right now. Uh, they got some kind of throwback KU football shirts you've probably seen me wear in the last couple of weeks. Um, but I I mean, you, yeah, they've got some of the best selection that you're ever going to find of KU apparel. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. Promo code NOSEATS23 gets you a discount 15% off your order on Home Field Apparel. They got hoodies. They got sweatpants. I think Springer's wearing his spread. Our, our producer, Nick Springer, is wearing his sweatpants like all day, every day. Every show. Every show he shows us, he makes sure he lets us kind of see all that. But so yeah, make sure you're taking advantage of that. No, no seats. Twenty three is the promo code that's going to get you your home field apparel. So this is obviously a big week. We know that, and so we were uh, excited to be able to get to interview uh, a Kansas Jayhawk, Daniel Highshaw from Moore, Oklahoma, just outside of Norman. BMAC, you had a chance to interview him. Let's go ahead and listen to that interview real quick. I'm with Daniel Ishaw here. Daniel, getting ready to go play the Sooners, being an Oklahoma guy. What's that mean for you getting this opportunity to, to play against a team that uh, you grew up around? Well, I mean, it's just another dream come true. You know what I'm saying? Being able to play against the Sooners. You know what I'm saying? I only played against them one time my freshman year, and that just wasn't, that wasn't the game I wanted to remember it by. So it feels good. It's, it's, it's really good. Now, as a football player, I see that you're always adding something new every every opportunity you get. seems like this year, I mean, your pass pro has been incredible, but what I really like is your ability to extend plays and, and turn a short run into a much bigger run. What goes into your mentality of that physicality and finishing runs the way you have this season? Uh, I mean, my mentality is just me a running back. That's always been my uh, like mentality, just – Growing up, not just being a running back, just being a strong runner. Like, nobody should be able to bring you down. And if you let one person bring you down, then you shouldn't be on the field, you know what I'm saying, with the best. So, in my head, it's always I got to be the one going strong, pushing everybody. Now, what uh, as a running, I was a big back as well. And one of the things that I really liked is when I broke into the second level, you know, DBs really do a lot of diving. They dive at your legs. So, I ended up at the end of my career not even looking at them. I would just run and they would miss. Describe your approach, because I see sometimes you are, you're not worrying about them too much. You're kind of moving your legs, stepping out of the way. Sometimes you see him and you just punish him and target him. What's your mentality once you get to that second level as a runner? Uh, my mentality is don't let this person tackle you, because this is the yes, one sir. person that we set up all week to make sure they had to tackle me and to know that that's the person I have to make miss. So it's just something when I get to that line, I'm like, all right, where's that person I got to make miss? And if it's wide open, then that's even better for me. Then I just keep going straight go score absolutely now the the running back room you guys have all these rotations all these different guys all these different roles that that people play in the offense how does that work in the running back room is it able are you guys able to keep that cohesive nature because everybody's contributing in different ways describe just some of the, the relationships in that room i mean the relationships is great like we actually we actually want to distribute it more between us you know what i'm saying like have us all get the ball, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't matter who's getting it. Like, we are all like super excited for each other and we all love each other. And like, it don't matter if it's D Neal, it don't matter if it's uh what's the name, Duffy, Savion, or it could be the freshman, they can get in and score if they got like a special play for them or something. Like, we just love seeing our room score and be great out there. Now I know you like to do in your free time, you like to play video games. Who is if you're playing video games right now in that running back? Who is your number one challenge? Who's the guy that's giving you the most fits? Oh, Devin. 
and it could be any yeah. game. We could, it could be two K, anything. It's Devin. Devin. I ain't gonna lie, Devin's that guy. He's that guy when it comes to playing video games. He's that man. So, yeah, he's probably one of the better ones out of all of us in the room. So, if you were going to a matchup with Devin and you had to pick a game, you felt like you had the upper hand in what game would it be? Ooh. Well, you know that new two K came out, so I'm I'll probably I'm probably gonna get him in two K because you know in the locker room these past this past week everybody been talking about who's players the best build, and I heard I heard this player been missing some shots, so. Um, so how often, like in terms of the group setting, that's something I hadn't thought about a lot, playing online, playing on the playground setting. How often do you guys get a chance to mix it up, play with your players and kind of have a little tournament or a little game like that? Like on 2K? Yeah. Uh, shoot, it can happen any day now. Like, yeah. Anytime we just all have enough time. Cause I mean, we all be having different schedules. So like every time, not every time, most time I'm like, oh, you on? They out doing something. They ask me and I'm out doing something. But when we all got time, like probably a few times out the week, we playing against each other, doing little things. Absolutely. Now, one of the things you've done that as, I mean, for me, I know I've been on social media, you know, creating hashtags for getting high shawled, uh, all these different things. My favorite thing about you is pass protection. Your ability to not just do your job, but to actually finish these players with like a lot of violence and intention. What it seems like you enjoy it. What do you like about pass pro? Why do you take so much pride in those opportunities? Well, my first thought just really going into pass pro is like they got pads on just like you. So like none of it's going to truly hurt. You know what I'm saying? Not unless they like you tweak something, but like it's not really going to hurt. So like, why don't you just go ahead and just give them a little something. And plus, I already know, not saying they're not expecting you to be violent or anything, but I know most people in pass rush and front defense, from the defense side of the ball, it's like they think they can almost do whatever to us, especially when they're coming from distance and all like that. So I just feel like once I can get hooked up on you too, like I want you to feel that. So next time you come in here, you got another mindset. Absolutely. I love watching you do that. I think that's, I mean, a skill set that's going to get you a lot of money one day. Now, as a as something as we end this on, I want to do a little bit of rapid fire. As a running back, did you have, were you an OU or an O-State guy growing up? I was OSU. OSU. Okay, so as an, who, who was the OSU back that you looked at that you kind of like, I want to, play, I want to be like that guy one day or play like that guy one day? Um, what's it called? He plays for the Ravens now. Oh, why, how do I not remember his name? Justice Hill. Justice Hill, yes. Justice Hill. When I was growing up, because, you know, uh, when I used to watch college football, like, I would pay attention to the running backs and all that. So, like, my favorites was, like, Ray Rice and, like, Reggie and Marshawn and all them. But mm -hmm. so, college, I would pay more attention to, like, just, like, the flashier stuff. And so, in NFL, NFL, I was more intent, like, watching the NFL running backs. But in college, Justice Hill, when I was just watching any college game or anybody, like, he was that one running back. I was like, dang, I really like how he runs, like. Even, like, for how big he was, he wasn't super-duper big or nothing, but he just ran hard. Yeah, yeah, really. Absolutely. Well, man, thanks to you for joining us. We love having you on the show, and hopefully we get you again. Good luck on Saturday. All right, thank you. All right, that was KU Jayhawk. Daniel Highshot, running back out of Moore, Oklahoma. Man, he has been such – he's such an easy kid to root for, you know, and he always has been. And coming out of, you know, the injury last year and all that stuff, he's such an easy kid to root for. And, like – he is such a pivotal piece of this offense. I don't think people realize how big of a presence he has. I know Devin Neal 
is a phenomenal back. Daniel Hyshaw, I think some of the stuff that if I'm looking as an NFL guy, you know, I do a lot of NFL evaluation and stuff like that. Um, I I think Daniel Hyshaw has a chance to be an NFL player as well because the pass protection, the the balance and power through contact doesn't have necessarily just this elite long speed, but he's got a lot of attributes I think can make him an NFL player someday. Yeah, and he has consistent speed. You know, it's not it is not a blow you away type of downfield speed, but he is a guy that can break away. He had a big run in his true freshman year at OU. I think it was like a fifty yarder. Um, I just remember swimmingly of how he transitioned his power and the speed. What I like about him is he is he is a hammer and he is developed and matured as a leader. I thought the second half of the Nevada game was basically the high shot drive. They came out and ran inside zone and he humbled and sent a physical message and it really changed the outcome of the game and he, he just did it in a beautiful way so I, I got so much love for Hyshaw and what he's able to do in the run game and as a pass pro guy uh, he talked a little about that uh, in the interview he's just a just a powerhouse that can really finish people in some awesome ways yeah well we're excited to see him on the field he's going to be a big factor in this game against Oklahoma and we're going to break down all things KU Oklahoma right after this Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Appreciate everybody that's listening, hanging out with us. Please feel free to hit that like button. Please feel free to hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. It helps us grow uh, the KC Sports Network, KU Football, KU Channel. 
Uh, it's all, you know, it's all, it's all valuable. Okay. Biggest game of the year for the Kansas Jayhawks. Top 10 team rolling into town, a team that, you know, they've, they've shown some, you know, they've shown some flashes against in recent years. Um, they've played tough in recent years and, you know, I mean, it would have been, it, it would have been fun, obviously to, to be rolling in here with a win after the Oklahoma state game. But I think what we would have been talking about is, Hey, look, this team six and one, and now they're coming out of the bye, and who like what the, the development and, you know, some of the kind of the getting healthy and all that stuff, getting reared up six and one energy is going to be there. I don't know how much has really changed in that building for this game, right? Like, obviously, they won that win, but it's not, they still got a bye week to, to work and develop and get healthy and all that stuff. And they might be more motivated out coming off of a loss, right? Like, I don't think the energy around this program, around this team is going to change for this game any differently than whether or not they won the game last week. I know it might feel like that for some fans, but I think internally in the building, I think the energy around this program is probably pretty good. I don't know if you've been able to feel that. Yeah, I went to a couple of practices this week. I think that they uh, they bounced back in a beautiful way. Um, you know, if you remember their best defensive performance of the season was Central Florida, and that was right after a disappointing outing against Texas. And I'll say it again, man. I don't know what the difference is between the way the defense plays on the road and at home, but they do just give up 16 points a game less at home than they do on the road. They don't miss as many tackles. You know, uh, Coach Borland said today in his press conference, he mentioned how Central Florida, when they had opportunities to tackle, got guys on the ground. And that's really sometimes as simple as defense is, is when I'm there and I'm the first man to make contact, I finish the play. Um, so, you know, Oklahoma obviously presents a lot of challenges with their style of play, and it's a challenging style of play for Kansas to defend. I do think that they are not as strong as they were last year in a couple important areas. I think Kansas will be able to take advantage of those areas. Not saying that they don't have dudes there, because it's Oklahoma, they have dudes there. They have a little bit less proven guys than they've had in the past in terms of NFL ceilings and futures. Well, like we can, I'm, you know, on especially on you know the offensive line, they've lost you know their two bookend tackles uh, on the offensive line. Has Oklahoma, Wande Morris, who's lined up just down the street in Kansas City, uh, Anton Harrison as well. So they've lost you know some of their offensive line depth there. Let's talk a little bit about that offense though, because you know this is I think the biggest story for me. With, with KU football and, and handling Oklahoma and navigating a very good football team. Uh, who's deservedly in the top 10, beat Texas. We all know the stories. They, they played a, a rough game against UCF, and you know you expect them to get a lot of things right before this Kansas game, going to get refocused, and you're going to get a good effort from, from Oklahoma. Uh, but it starts with their tempo offensively. Tempo is you know, a, a, an asset to them, you know, sometimes they're lining up with some simplified calls, you know, they're getting into some of their RPO game, but they like to get into tempo. And this is something that we've seen Kansas struggle with. We saw Kansas struggle with it a little bit. Um, even last week against, or two weeks ago against Oklahoma state, we've seen them struggle against tempo, uh, in recent games. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that they've gotten some level of familiarity with at this point in the season, but, Oklahoma, of all the teams that we've seen, probably does it better than anybody at this point. They definitely do it faster, and I think they definitely have the best quarterback of the three teams that we faced. Um, I think Dylan Gabriel, you know, if you watch it, statistically, he has a case for a Heisman Trophy final, yeah. just off statistics. Yeah, but if you watch some of the surrounding pieces on the team, I think he even has a stronger case. He was a leading rusher in that game against Texas, um, and that was not just on scrambles, that was on design runs. Um, I also think he did some nice things in the scramble game. 
Um, Central Florida was able to disrupt him because they play tight man on the outside, and Central Florida has those physical corners. And Oklahoma has good receivers, but not blow your socks off receivers. And I think Central Florida handled them well, and it kind of limited what they normally do in the passing game. But everything they do centers around Dylan Gabriel, whether it be a design run, a scramble, uh, his ability to make plays with his feet, his toughness. Uh, that touchdown to finish that Texas game was epic. And it wasn't just epic because of the moment. It was epic because of how he handled it. Stepped up in the pocket, realized he was running out of room. He's a shorter guy. Kind of lifted up off his back foot and finished that play. I thought he was – I think he's excellent. And one thing I'll mention about that Central Florida and OU game, Central Florida didn't get to the position of leading the game because they were playing perfect. I want to make that clear. Oklahoma was coming off of a bye week, 5-0, and undefeated, of their biggest win of the year. It was not a letdown the next week at Central Florida. Central Florida's red hot. Central Florida was not red hot. They actually had three and, three and out on their first four possessions. Um, they missed some opportunities. You know, it wasn't a perfect game. I thought it was more about Central Florida's execution of a very uh, a, a game plan that the Jayhawks could duplicate for sure. Well, John Rice Plumley played a pretty good game too there and getting him back and letting them kind of get into their identity for sure and, and challenge him in the passing game for sure too. Yeah, they played well. Uh, uh, but I I want to start with I want to start with that offensive tempo in, uh, of Oklahoma and just you know we've talked a lot about this and like I kind of feel like the way KU has played you know there's there's a couple of things when you, when you're playing when you're playing tempo communication's crucial and communication through exhaustion is crucial crucial and so you know sometimes play play call simplification can occur to kind of help manage that a little bit on the defensive side getting simple calls in. So you're aligned and assigned and ready to roll every single play. And I think KU's definitely got some reps doing that. But they do like to play, you know, they they have tended to play a little bit more softer, you know, top-down structure, uh, you know, and they've allowed some easier completions at times. I feel like even early on in games, it feels like KU on early downs wants to will allow some of those quicker, easy completions that, you know, when it's a good quarterback can kind of hurt you. And that's one of the things I'm kind of paying attention to is are there any adjustments that they kind of make with some of their schematic, you know, choices early in the game when they're when they're playing against tempo or, you know, they've done a pretty good job of limiting explosives across the board. You know, I think they've done a pretty good job of that this season and, and when it matters the most. But at that cost comes, you know, you might allow some easy completions, let them getting into tempo down the field. So, I mean... What do you kind of what do you kind of expect to see on the defensive side of the ball to try to navigate this tempo? And do you think they make any some and make any adjustments? Yeah, so I think the the thing that really sticks out to me when Kansas struggles with tempo, it's usually because of the effect it has on their defensive line. So Oklahoma State's offensive line controlled that game pretty much throughout. So with the tempo and the quick passing, and Austin Booker was nicked, uh, Jeremy Robinson was nicked. So it is worth mentioning. So they didn't have their normal edge explosion that you're used to seeing. Um, mm-hmm. But also, they get you stuck in position groups. You know what I mean? So, if you know if if you've got a lineup of you know Devin Phillips and Tommy Dunn Jr. because you want to be stout against the run, then you're going to be competing at third down probably with the same group because that's yeah. the benefit of running that kind of tempo. Yep. So they kind of limit what you can do because I have noticed Borland likes to go get double big guys on certain situations. Oh, you can kind of keep you out of those situations, but. Oh, you start running the ball that well. And one of the reasons they're not is that their interior line is not getting movement the way that you're used to seeing. So I think it's not just that these teams are running tempo. I think it's a combination of running tempo and running RPO. 
that's a combination that's been the hardest for us to defend. Yeah, it's really been hard when they're move, when they're getting interior movement on our defensive line. Because imagine you're at a you're at a linebacker in that defense, and you know they're killing you with twelve yard digs. You're gonna be like, God, I want to get into my drop really deep mm-hmm. so I can maintain our shell coverage. But if your guy is getting the guy in front of you is getting double teamed into your lap, it doesn't feel like I should be in a drop. You know what I mean? If I'm a linebacker, I can't drop if I if it looks like a run to. So that's kind of the benefit of the offense and the complication of it. What you noticed against Central Florida is they weren't getting movement. So the linebackers could get into drops and still make plays in the run game. So that's really, to me, I'm looking at Kansas' interior line control the game with different subgroups. So, you know, whether it be Gage Keys, DJ Withers, Keaton Caldwell, whoever, just different subgroups, can they hold up inside? I think um like you can talk about the RPO game and that's like that's a good early down kind of kind of look that you can get and it's a simple call that a lot of teams will like to get into. Um I I think early down success matters when you're dealing with a tempo team like that and you know forcing some incompletions can really help if they're going to try to run the ball or they're going to try to throw the ball and you know on early downs and you know and just yeah, being stout against the run. So, like, I do think that like there's something to be said about having some early down success. It's interesting you kind of talk about personnel choices. Like, I do think I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think that'll be a fascinating thing to try to see how they navigate. Do they try to play a little bit of stall tactic, really kind of slowing down their their line, you know, their defensive line rotations a little bit? Uh, you know, when they do make those those personnel changes on the offensive side of the ball, if they're going to get any of them, um, what kind of de- decisions they make there? But yeah, I think I think you know early down success for for Kansas is going to be crucial because I think it can disrupt tempo. I think that's what you saw against Central Florida. You know, if you can have early down success against you know against tempo, it can really put teams. It can get your defense back off the or can get your defense off the field quick, quicker than the other the the opposition wants. And like those are the kind of like those kind of decisions can actually force teams to slow down a little bit because if you if you can get some three and outs if you can just you know get them off the field quick, well now maybe the coaches aren't as apt to play as much tempo because you slowed them down enough that your defense is going to get worn out too quickly. It's going to become more difficult to play complementary football. Absolutely, and, and it's you mentioned that and looking up a stat here. So Dylan Gabriel on play action passes this season. Uh, has a has 1300 yards passing 12 touchdowns and 126 passer rating so that speaks to what you're mentioning is that if i am able to stop inside run on first down limit that ability to just wing it out there and get six or seven yards then i can take them out of play action by getting them in second and ten third and eight plus so i'm taking away really their best weapon that being their best weapon not dependent on how well they run the ball is interesting too so if you can really control control a lot of scrimmage and limit them in the running game, then you're really limiting them to a straight drop back pass team. And I'm not certain that they have the receivers to consistently beat uh, the Kansas DBs when the game that way. Yeah. Like if you're building a perfect scenario, it's some early down run success. And like, maybe, maybe you don't care as much if it's Devin Phillips, you know, playing, playing the run early downs because you're going to play man against maybe a a lesser proven receiver group. And you're going to add to the, to the rush math and, and bring some blitzes, right? Like, there's a there's a there's a formula you can get there when you've got you know e- even if you've got some run stuffer there, it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of choices they make there personnel wise. I think about Craig Young though, like we talk so much about Craig Young and Craig Young's our guy. You know, when, you know, he, Craig Young fan club here. Um, 
I think he's a he's an interesting guy for a game like this because you're talking about some of this is early down run success, like his flexibility allowing you to play a little bit bigger, even you know if you want. Maybe you play, maybe you may, you know, who knows what kind of personnel choices they're going to make, but that flexibility that Craig Young presents because you can stay a little bit more stout at that spot to, against the run while having length, athleticism, and coverage ability. I mean, we've seen what this guy can do in coverage. Like his, his skill set could become a really valuable asset in this game. And if he has a good game, that could go a long way in this, in this group having some success. Yeah, I expect to see Kalen Gervin. And the Ooh. reason is, is the size of the slot receivers. If you look at Drake Stoops uh, and the other little wide receiver they have, uh, 82, I can't think of his name right now. Those guys are like 5'8", 5'7", 185 pounds. Great matchup for Kalen Irvin. Also, Farouk, uh, number three, is their gadget player. So he's the guy they run all their screens and bubbles to, and he's got a lot of top-end speed. I actually think it's a better matchup for Kalen Irvin given given the, the amount that they rely on those little wide receivers, the amount that they rely on those little guys to, to get open over the middle of the field, to be those guys that are running at RPO deep, you know, that double slant on the backside. You see it hit stoops a lot on that play. It resulted in an interception in the Central Florida game. Okay. So what if you play Craig Young close to the box? Just throwing it out there. A little lighter personnel with your backers. What do you think? And I agree with you. I agree with you, and I think that Borland is going to. I should have phrased that a little bit differently. I think we'll see more Kalen Gervin in this game than we have in the previous. Okay, is how I should have worded that. No, I, just, I, I don't think they're going to go away from him. I was just, I was just, I was, yeah, I was, I was just curious where you're going with that because, like, no, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I'm intrigued by what they're going to do with some of this stuff, right? Like, and it's a handful. Like, I think you, the way you, way you heard Brian Borland talk about it too, it was like, yeah, man, like you know we got our hands full trying to try to handle all this stuff that they do and, and all that stuff, the passing game and all that stuff. And so like, I'm just so I'm fascinated with kind of like it's personnel choices for me that they're going to make to try to thwart tempo. But you know, how far do they go away from, I mean like that they did well against UCS tempo. Like they're not the same, but they did well against UCS tempo and like there's more talent on the field and all that stuff for Oklahoma this time around than there was for UCF. But you know, it, it, I'm just I'm just so curious what kind of defensive choices they make, and is it like a is it like a full scale defensive line rotation where you're going to have a first group that's just going to play until the wheels fall off, and then the next possession is going to be a group that play you know to plays till they may not have that choice, so they might just have to rotate eight deep. And look, this defensive line, this defensive front, they've got enough dudes. I think that they could probably do that and keep guys fresh for four quarters. Absolutely, you know, and that's again getting them in those long yarded situations giving those pass rushers an opportunity to get around the edge, make things hard on Dylan Gabriel. I think it's going to be mandatory, you know, especially just, you know, watching how good Dylan Gabriel's been this year. You know, he is a big-time pot stir for what they like to do on offense. I'm a big fan of Dylan Gabriel, I'll be honest with you. Like, and I've always had been. Like, I think he's been a really strong, sound, quick decision maker. And, like, it's he operates, like, when he's, like, the RPO game, He's I think he's been one of the best in college football, even back when he was, I think it was at UCF, like, watching him play there too it was like really sound solid decision maker and he's he is a plus athlete for the position too so um yeah they got they got a lot of work cut out for him on the defensive side of the ball it's gonna be uh a big challenge for sure hey nba fans the wait is over basketball is back and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba is celebrating with an unbeatable offer 
New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball winnings. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 and older age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, B-Mac, let's talk a little bit about the offensive side of the ball for the Jayhawks. Um, you know, We just got done talking about the defense. Offensively, it does sound like we are going to see the Jason Bean experience yet again. Uh, it doesn't sound like we're going to see Jalen Daniels by all reports, by all indications. It, sh- it will be Jason Bean coming off one of the best. The, it's the best game of his of his career as a Jayhawk, throwing five uh, touchdowns over 400 yards. Um, what do you expect in this game? Because, you know, like I think every game is kind of different with how KU plays. Last week, it was taking advantage of some opportunities over the top. Do you think that they're going to be able to get as many of those kind of shots down the field as they were last week or last time this team played? So time will tell. You know what was interesting about the Oklahoma State game plan was it was a specific game plan to limit edge running. Everything that they put into that game plan was to limit Kansas's edge rush, edge rush, rush game. And what it caused Kansas to do was throw the ball over the top where they had mm-hmm. good matchups, where they have a quarterback that's mobile, they can keep his eyes down the field, they complete passes. It made it very difficult for Oklahoma State to defend the pass. But if you're looking at the advantages of it for a team like Oklahoma, would be it would limit Kansas's ability to control possession, which they're one of the best teams in the country to do that, especially at home. They've had games where they've simply just crushed teams out of the game running the football. So Oklahoma might say, I'm going to give them box numbers to where they have to throw so we can increase the amount of possession. So that could be something to monitor because I thought that was part of what Oklahoma State was doing. And in a way, it worked because it really got Kansas out of a run rhythm football calling game, which is what they really, really do best. So I'll be interested to see what choices OU makes that, you know, you know they have a defensive head coach. You know, he's going to be heavily involved in the game planning for this game. I'll be interested to see what kind of things they try to take away. Last year, they did not have a lot of luck against Jason being late in the game. He really got he really got him over the top uh, frequently. So I expect him to be able to do that again. Uh, Lawrence Arnold had a big game against him last year. Yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated, especially you know you you look at some of the weather forecasts and it might be a rain game. So like, do you have you know a plan in place as a you know what 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 kind of effect do we think that might have on some of the choices? Because we know this team has been able to find success running the football. Um, is that something that they really try to hang in their hat on and try to? You know, I think there's it's fascinating game management choices because do you want to try to get into the, a shootout? Do you want to try to, you know, play up and down the field? Because, you know, big explosive plays are the same as playing tempo in some ways because you're getting off the field quick. Uh, does Kansas want to try to slow this game down a little bit? It feels like there's been times like, 
you know, a couple a couple of years ago, but it felt like they were trying to slow that game down against Oklahoma a couple of years ago when they almost got him at Memorial Stadium. You know, and that team specifically, that group specifically, um, was really, you know, they they were trying to trying to slow the pace of the game down. Um, that I think that's going to be an interesting choice for Kansas too, right? You know, because I do think Bean showed some really high level propensity to to you know light the scoreboard up and put points on the board, but it became a little bit more feast or famine like we talked about with the lack of rhythm in the running game, just the lack of rhythm period. And kind of feels like this is a game where you need to have some more sustained drives. I think it, you know, if KU's the underdog, KU's at home, if they're able, like in my mind, if you're able to, if you're able to string together some long drives, put points, put, put the ball in the end zone, that puts that puts some pressure on Oklahoma, especially if you know you get a, a three and out here or there too, like early. Like if you can kind of, you know, just kind of dictate the control and just kind of irritate, you know, the the identity of Oklahoma a little bit. I just wonder if that's a way that you know that that Kansas can really you know kind of build some momentum early in the game. Absolutely, I think those guys got to get their hands up often on their pass rush um, on the on the opposite side. And then when you slip over to this Kansas offense, if I'm looking at, you know, one thing that, that they could benefit from, it would be their ability to have diversity in their run game, especially if the weather is an impact. The other thing I'm interested to ask is with Trevor Wilson having the impact that he's having now mm-hmm. to where he had the two big pass plays and he had multiple pass plays where he just simply ran between two people. I mean, some some plays they look bracketed. So that's a beat. That's a that's a two way element. First, we talked about how Oklahoma State was trying to make him throw it over the top, mm-hmm. so they brought their safeties really close, and they did not have a lot of success defending that. But there's two there's two sides of that coin because you saw last week, Quentin Skinner was beating people around the around the around the backside. He's a guy that can run 22 miles per hour. Then you have Trevor Wilson, a guy that finished a touchdown, also ran by a guy early in the third quarter, he just missed him for or early in the fourth that could have been a touchdown, mm-hmm. or late. Sorry, could have been a touchdown. What does Trevor Wilson do to you, especially if you're looking at those safeties? Do I get nosy in the run game and risk Trevor Wilson running past me? Or am I going to try to play it more honest? And that is really what makes this Kansas offense difficult. You saw that their yards per play um, are better than the top five teams in the country right now. So it's a team that can really play offense well. They can do everything pretty well. I think one thing to kind of just notate, too, on, on on the offensive side of the ball with with Jason Bean, I feel like we've seen week to week improvement. Like I know, like there's been a lot of conversation about, oh, Jason Bean's the most improved player I've ever coached and all that stuff. But like I've watched the last couple of games of him starting, and there is noticeable improvement week over week. And obviously, like both games were different that we've seen recently, but there were little indicators to me that kind of just showed some growth from him. I think he's starting to understand, you know, some of the maybe layering balls a little differently, throwing with some touch on different stuff. And like, he's had just a little bit more feel to that a little bit. It's like, there's been some things like I've really been impressed with, um, with him throwing the football and he's going to have to have another great game. You know, I I think he's going to have to have another great performance. It's going to have to be the most complete version of Jason Bean that we've seen to this point. Um, He's going to have to make some big throws, whether it be over the top for some big explosive plays, whether it be extending drives, um, he's got to make good choices, you know, when he's running the football. He's got to know when he's got to get upfield to get, you know, to get that extra yard. He's got to know, um, you know, when to make good decisions with the option game and the read game. There's a lot on his plate, and that not to say that you know the pressure is all on him, but I just think there's like 
we've seen incremental growth from him. And I think there's just a few plays that he probably wants back the last couple of weeks. He just needs to, he just needs to make those plays and those choices and those decisions that he hadn't maybe the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. And he's got to prepare for pressure too. You know, if you're looking for the one thing that disrupted him in that Oklahoma state game, it was pressure, not pressure from four, but usually when you brought an additional guy, because um, he handled, he stepped up in the pocket against four and completed some deep balls um, played really well in that regard. I think if you're OU, you gotta, man, we're talking about how hard it is to defend OU. How hard is it to defend Kansas? Especially yeah. after the game they just put on film where they're hitting got they're hitting tight ends on seams down the middle. You know, they're moving the pocket, hitting guys on drag routes across the formation. Uh they've got two man max protection routes where Trevor Wilson runs right by a safety. I mean, they showed a lot of different things, and that was not including their top five rushing offense in the country. So they're just a hard team to prepare for. And I'm interested to see uh, what Venables does to try to take away what he does with those safeties. I think that'll be a good early indicator Absolutely. where those guys are playing in terms of what what kind of tone does he want to set. Because they are Oklahoma. They are a top 10 team in the nation. Maybe they come out and say, we're going to play what we're going to do what we do and respond after. And if they do that, that would be a mistake. So I, I hope they do <laughs> and uh, let these chaos run wild on offense. Yeah, and Katie's going to have an answer for whatever you know, whatever kind of game that they want to try to dictate. And Kansas's job is just going to be to manage it, you know, in whatever manner they want, you know, get, you know, if, if they want to try to play with, you know, tempo or not tempo, if they want to try to play over the top, go, you know, go take your shots. They're going to have their shot plays ready. Uh, if they want to try to, you know, grind this out a little bit, they'll, they'll have answers. They'll have answers, you know, for whatever, whatever they want to do. And it'll be, it'll be interesting. Kansas, Kansas, I think, you know, some people have said, like, I think, you know, Gundy said, Preparing for Kansas is kind of like preparing for a triple option team. It's just because there's so much required from an assignment perspective for every team. Every team is having a plan because you're going to see volume. You're going to see a lot of different things. You're going to see a lot of different looks. You're going to see stuff you haven't seen. You're going to have to be ready for a lot of different stuff. And and it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, just I, I, I'm expecting any. I, I could see I could see Kansas doing about anything with this game, and that's that. But that's every game <laughs> with Kansas, right? Like. I, I walked into the Oklahoma State game and said, look, I still think they need to try to run the ball. They try to manage that. And what they do, they just they aired it out like BMAC wanted them to. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what kind of version we get of this Kansas offense. I'm I have confidence in Jason Bean to be able to do this. I mean, he almost did this once a couple years back. BMAC, before we get out of here, let's predict this game. So let I'll I'll let you go uh on homecoming. Uh what do you got here? Man. I'm feeling so good about this. <laughs> I think I thought I felt good about it before the Central Florida game. I think it's a better matchup for us. I think they lost a few players that gave us fits last year on offense, uh, so we don't have as much worry, especially in the middle of the field. Um, so I am expecting the Jayhawks to win this game. I'm going to go 38-22, 38-23 Jayhawks. You, this is a blowout, BMAC. I don't know if it'll end up being a blowout. I don't know what the what the circumstances will be. I think this offense can put up numbers. I think Central Florida settled for field goals in some situations that I think Kansas can finish those drives. I expect them to get in the end zone. I think Kansas is gonna I think I think Kansas is gonna put a great performance together. I think it's gonna be a really close game personally. Uh I curious to see if the weather has any factor in this game. Um and if that's the case, if the weather comes a factor, who can run the ball better, I think becomes a little bit more important. And if that's the case, I think Kansas can run the football better than Oklahoma can. I have more confidence in this run game, the diversity of this run game. I think 
this is going to be the, a well-prepared offense. I think it's going to be a well-prepared team. Coming off a bye, healthy, motivated, excited. I feel good. I, I get, you know, there's some buzz that, you know, there's some there's some nerves on the Oklahoma side, you know, from some people. I, I get it. I get why. Kansas, this isn't your same Kansas team. And, you know, I think the one thing is if Kansas starts fast, and I mean, I'll just leave it at this. If they don't start slow, if they don't start slow, I think I think I think they can win this game. They got to. They they can't start slow. Maybe they don't have to start fast, but they can't start slow. That's a key factor in this game. So those early couple possessions are going to tell us a lot. And I think this team will pull it out. I do. I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go 31-28. Kansas wins. Tear down the tear down the goalposts. Have fun on Mass Street. Have fun on Homecoming. Could be a really special big moment for this program. Getting a profile oh. on national television before the game. Go to the booth if you're not. Go Come show on, up. Go support Don't these kids. Me. Go support these kids. They, they deserve it. BMAC deserves it. <laughs> come holler no. at me, man. If you want to come say hi, come holler at me. Take a picture with me. Let's talk. What, what Let's, football player do you like? Come talk to me, man. Let's get the booth at BMAC will talk ball with anybody. As evidenced by him anyway. being on this show, right? <laughs> Lies. I'm uh yeah, I'm I'm really excited, man. This is gonna be a lot of fun. And uh I hope we see a Kansas win. Cause that'd be a big moment for this program and be a pretty special day in Lawrence, Kansas. That's gonna do it for this episode of Booth Review. That's my guy B Mac. I'm Ken Swanson. We appreciate you. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.